Welcome to the Financial Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. Bloomberg News ranks me one of the top financial forecasters in the world in my role as the president of Prestige Economics. I'm also the chairman of the Futurist Institute. And on this podcast, we talk about markets, business, and future technology. This is the Financial Futurist Podcast. This week on the Financial Futurist Podcast, we'll be talking about trading technicals, inflation, the dollar, equity markets, interest rates, correlated and uncorrelated trading. We'll cover these subjects and more on this week's episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast. One of the most important tenets of financial portfolio management is to find assets that are uncorrelated with each other. One thing that we've seen in the last few weeks of trading is that it's possible for a number of markets to trade together. On concerns of higher inflation rates, interest rates, and bond yields rose, which means bond prices fell. At the same time, equity markets took a hit and stock prices fell. And commodity prices also fell on the risks of higher interest rates and and downside risks to economic growth portended by a drop in equities. In other words, there was a correlation in the movements between bond prices, stock prices, and commodity prices. These are three markets where historically we've seen portfolio managers seek to identify uncorrelated assets, where bonds and stocks are often assumed to move in inverse relationships, and commodity prices might move in an uncorrelated fashion. We've now seen that all three have moved together, first in the week after the February 2nd jobs report for January of 2018, in which it was more wage inflation than expected, which continued through February 9th. And then last week, as bond prices ended the week slightly higher, as yields fell modestly week over week, and stock prices surged sharply higher, as did commodity prices. That includes oil prices and industrial metals prices, as well as gold prices and other commodities. So we see that all these markets seem to have moved together recently, and that's a bit of a cause for concern. Because while the recent market moves might resemble what happened in the taper tantrum back in in 2013, when financial markets were anticipating a tapering of the quantitative easing program, these market moves also reflect the potential not only for markets to move sharply and quickly, but also for them to potentially move in a correlated fashion. And that's not something portfolio managers like to see if they're looking for diversification. One of the main tenets of financial planning is diversification, and if you can't find that in financial markets, that's a really big problem. The other thing that trading showed us over the last couple of weeks is that trading technicals are critical. In the podcast from February 11th, I noted that a number of financial markets had moved up against critical technicals. The dollar had risen up towards the 30-day moving average. The euro had fallen down towards the 30-day average. The Nasdaq and the Dow had traded below the critical 120-day moving average, although they ended above that on February 9th without closing below the 120-day. And oil prices, industrial metals prices, and gold prices were up against or had breached critical technical levels. Almost all of those critical technicals that were at risk or had been breached with closes reversed in the past week, highlighting how important those critical trading levels are. The fact that the Dow and the Nasdaq came roaring back after trading below the 120-day moving average without closing below those levels conveys how important a close below the 120-day would be. The fact that the dollar fell back down before closing above the 30-day moving average or that the euro 
rose back above the 30-day moving average without closing below it conveys the importance of those moving averages. Meanwhile, oil prices, gold prices, copper prices, and aluminum prices conveyed similar things that I discussed in our client weekly report around important technical trading levels as well. The truth is that technical trading has become critical, and the trading of the last couple of weeks offers us insight into what critical technical floors and resistant level ceilings we should be watching across a number of different markets. The fact that there were not successful closes above or below certain critical levels means those levels may be more important than most people even realize. Furthermore, the trading dynamics since the beginning of February also convey that perennial optimism and expectations that equity markets will only move in one direction have been unrealistic. The business cycle and the credit cycle move in cycles. And that means that at some point, money will become tight enough that the economy will slow further and growth in the overall economy will pause and likely go negative. We've been in a very long expansion now and the risks of higher costs of capital, higher labor costs, something our clients noted in our quarterly benchmarking, and higher commodity prices, higher input costs, are factors that are likely to erode profit margins and reduce productivity of output, factors that eventually lead to an economic downturn. While we don't expect the next economic downturn will be like the Great Recession, business cycles are called business cycles for a reason. And the trading of the last few weeks offers an ominous preview of what the main event will eventually look like when the next downturn comes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast with me, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. You can follow me on Twitter at Prestige Econ and check out my website, jasonschenker.com. On jasonschenker.com, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter to make sure you're getting the latest and most important information about markets, business, and future technology. Until next week.